Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody, greetings and welcome to Conflict Radio. Today is uh, January tenth, twenty twenty-two. If you can believe it, I'm getting some feedback from me now, Ali. Okay, it's like a, there we go. It's stopped now. All right, so uh, let me give a shout out here to everybody who's uh, patiently waiting. I see uh, Professor Game Bum is here, Sapphire Elf, the Happy Plague Doctor. Andrew says hello. Uh, not quite human is here. Chris White. Uh, let's see. Scrolling up, scrolling up, scrolling up. Uh, Blue Chicken, how you doing? King of Hukumundu. Uh, Wendy Williams is here. Hugo Darn, I see. The uh, did I say Sapphire Elf? I'm pretty sure I did. He, he's a chap. He's a he's a chatty Kathy doll, isn't he? The uh, good old Sapphire Elf man. We love having you, man. High Plains Drifter is here. All right, so let's see. I guess that's uh. Uh, Jersey Dolphins, how you doing, Jersey? Uh, scrolling up, scrolling up, scrolling up, making sure I got everybody. Fox, Leo, Davy Jones, Locker, Ian, myself, Marley, Pumpkin. How is everybody doing today? Welcome to Conflict Radio. Let me scroll back down and see if anybody's chiming in here at the end. AJK, how you doing? Justin says good evening. Chiro sounds. Uh, Chiro sounds. David Gray. Oakland Raider Trucker, how you doing? Love, love, love Conflict Radio, he says. Let's see, uh, I guess that's everybody. All right, so how you doing, everybody? Welcome to Conflict Radio. We we got an interesting show today, and I know, I hope you guys aren't falling angeled out, but I got an email from, from Ali, and he wanted to come on the show. He had some important information to tell us, and, and this this documentary that, that he's got on YouTube, I'll tell you, it's absolutely fascinating. I watched it last night. <clears throat> Uh, the guest today is Ali 
Sia Dutton. Did I say that right? Sia, Sia Dutton. Did I say that right, Allie? You did. You did. Seattleton. Very nice. Thank you. Seattleton. Seattleton. All right. All right. And uh, Allie is the founder of Think Again Productions in Canada, a multimedia a multimedia teaching ministry shedding light on mysteries and treasures of scriptural knowledge coming from the Lord to this generation. Knowledge which is making the Bible more real than ever. Just when we thought it was all myth, evidence keeps agreeing with the Bible's tale from biblical cities peering through the sand to alien abductions and prophetic events. The mysteries of the Bible have opened up to our generation in a way no other could see. And, uh, Man, it's a it's quite a documentary. The link for it is in the description down below. I recommend everybody check it out after the show. Maybe we'll do a watch party on it if we're allowed to. And um, and um, absolutely, uh, really looking forward to this conversation. Ali, welcome to Conflict Radio. How are you today? I'm very good. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. You know, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about? What got you into this into this subject? I know there was an event in uh, in December of nineteen ninety nine. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, um, I well, I had this feeling in my heart that I had to go to Iran um, and tell my dad and that there is this prophecy in the Bible uh, that says that there's going to be a war with Israel. And Iran is going to be involved in this war, and Iran is going to be defeated because in this prophecy, God stands with Israel. And if this war happens in your lifetime, you, even though you can't do anything about it, in your conscience, in your heart, you should kind of not be for it. You should be against it. I had this idea. I mean, it's a strange idea, but it kept coming to me like a heartbeat, like I had to go and tell him about this. So... It was December, and I had uh, two weeks of, of, of Christmas holidays, and I thought, okay, I'll go see him. And I booked a flight. I went, um, and, uh, you know, it was him and his and his wife, uh, his second wife. Uh, I got home early in the morning. You know, the plane lands about 4 a.m. By the time you're home, it's basically 6 a.m. And I couldn't wait, so I just... I just told them right there and then they wanted to know what, what, why I had come. They knew that I had something to tell them. So I, I told them, I said, you know, there's a prophecy. It's in the Bible. And I had a big, you know, Persian Bible with me. And I'm like, it's in here and it's going to be with Israel. And, oh, and I even told them that maybe the Russians will be involved. Some people read the prophecy that way. And my dad and his wife just kind of were very polite about it. They listened to me. They said, well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And then, you know, we all went to bed, kind of, that was the idea. And, and I, I was a little bit, I didn't know what to think of it. You know, um, I was tired, went to bed, woke up much later that day. And I, I was standing in my room thinking, well, maybe I heard wrong. Maybe this was just my own imagination. And suddenly they yelled out for me and they're like, Ali, come out, come out. And I ran out to the living room. They're watching the news and there was these two Russian officers, high-ranking officers that had come to Iran to, as part of a military pact that was being discussed that involved, you know, Russians uh, helping Iranians if they found themselves in a conflict. And this was in 1999. The nuclear projects were still just, you know, you're much younger and being developed by uh, Russian engineers. And so um, this, this suddenly somehow... I think God used this. It resonated with them. They said, wait a second, didn't you say that the Russians would be involved if there's a war with Israel? And I said, well, that's what some people think. And then 
my dad suddenly wanted to know what the prophecy was. And he said, you're telling me this book tells the future? I said, yes. And he said, well, that's good for business. I want to know what this book has to say. And so him and his wife then sat down and I started from the very beginning from the book of Genesis and I built up the entire story of the Bible for them. Israel, the nations, the Messianic prophecies. You know, I was well read. I, I really could open it up properly. And by the time we got to uh, the Gospel of John, we read it. And by the time we got to the 22nd chapter of the Gospel of John, they, they really came to faith and they asked to be baptized, both of them. And they were baptized. And then we decided to take a road trip to Shiraz, which is about an 11-hour drive south of Tehran. And that's where the ancient capital Persopolis was that Alexander the Great burned to the ground. And you can go on Google right now and Google Persopolis and you'll see the ruins are still there. Um, and so um, my dad and his wife, their, you know, their, their, the family, the extended family was from there. And the idea was, let's go see them. And many other people came to faith in that in that trip. It was incredible what happened i i wasn't expecting that so many people would be interested to hear the gospel but i mean people were breaking down the door to listen to it, it was fantastic so we decided to take this trip down and my dad prefers to drive late at night because the roads are very dangerous no one really follows the um uh, speed rules uh you know it's, it's one of the places in the world where there are more highway deaths than any place else just because of the speed um and so he, he, he preferred that we, we drive after midnight, basically, where the streets, the highways would be empty. And we were going to rest in a city called Isfahan. It's about two and a half to three million people. It's on the road to Shiraz. It's an 11-hour drive all the way to, to Shiraz. But in Isfahan was going to be our pit stop. We're going to go to Isfahan, sleep there that night, and then drive to Shiraz the next morning. Um and so this happened on the road to Isfahan. So we are now a few hours into this highway. It's like kind of like Arizona-like desert. It's not sand dunes like Arabia. There is a sand dune desert in Iran, but this is not the one. This is more like rocky deserts. Um, there is no light, like there's no you know highway lights or anything, just the road uh, with two lanes, one lane going south, one lane coming north, no no division in between the lanes other than the dotted line and the pit stops they're like villages you know and they they have a restaurant a washroom that kind of thing and the only light you see is the oncoming traffic and for very long stretches of the highway you may see no one and but of course you could see the stars and the night sky um we were driving a an SUV and I was I had my back to the passenger door and my dad's wife was driving and he was sitting in between uh, the passenger and driver's seat in the back seat he had his arms over both seats and kind of his head leaned over listening to me talk as she was driving and um, and I was looking at them with my back to the passenger door and telling them I mean at this point we were studying the Bible uh, every moment of the day because we only had two weeks and I had to get all this information to them. Um, so, and they had kind of, they had a spark. So they were now super curious. Um, I was talking to them and like always, I was so caught up in what I was saying. I was just hearing myself. And suddenly she pointed out the window behind me 
and she started to make these sounds like like that. And I was so caught up in what I was saying that I didn't pay attention. So my dad looked at her and said, Nima, what's wrong? And so um, he then looked in the same direction uh, where she was pointing to. And, and then he started to do the same. And now they were both pointing out the window behind me. And they were saying, just like that. And so I thought, what's wrong with you guys? So what are you guys looking at? So I, I sat down. Uh, I, I turned around and I sat properly in my seat and looked out the window in front of me. And slightly to the right of the car and a few hundred feet away, there was this large spherical object. I mean, if this, if this thing was on the ground, it would be like a four-story low rise. I could see division on it. I could see structure and I could see green lights all over it to the point where it had a green pulsating green glow as it was slowly coming down. And I thought to myself, this is a helicopter. Then I thought, no, this is not a helicopter. And it slowly was coming down. And eventually it was perpendicular to, to the window, to, to our car as we were driving. And I thought that what I saw in the desert night was that this large black cylindric cylinder came out of the earth. It came up and this thing came right on top of it. And then it just went into the ground. It was, and it was basically coming down slowly and went on top of this thing. And it just went into the ground. And if, um, if you were not this close to it, you would have not seen this black tube come out of the ground because it was the same color as the desert night. It was that black, but we were close enough that I could see it. And suddenly my wife, my dad's wife cried out, uh, this is a sign from God uh, to show us that all that Ali is telling us is true. She meant the gospel and the Bible and all of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then uh, she's like, did you see that? Did you see that? He's like, I did, I did. And I just sank in state of shock in my seat. And the irony is that I had kind of been exposed to the idea that there may be a relationship between, you know, the modern day UFO phenomenon and the whole story of angels and gods and all of that. Uh, like the chariots on von, von Donneken, you know, and, and things things like that. I had been exposed to that idea. And even when we were studying the Bible, just as a sentence, as a statement, I just said to them, by the way, there are all these angels in the Bible, and some people feel there might be a connection with the UFO phenomenon, just like that, just as a just as a sentence, as a statement. Yet I, I couldn't, I was in a complete state of shock. Um, so the, the, the trip, you know, finished. I came back to Canada, and... A series of events happened um, that that got me to start making this documentary. And my dad, uh, I called him to see how he was doing. And he asked me what I was up to. And I said, I'm making a documentary on UFOs. And he didn't say anything. And I was surprised. I said, do you remember? And then suddenly he blurted out, that green thing on the road to Isfahan. I said, yes, that, exactly. And that's when I realized he saw a green thing as well. I know that that, you know, you think, oh, you're going to be chatting about it. But actually, it's very shocking. You don't know what to do with it. It's a piece of information that doesn't fit in the world as we know it. And you kind of like, it's like a hot potato. And you're like, what am I going to do with this thing? So that really was the event that plunged me 
into researching and led to the making of UFOs, Angels, and Gods that people can watch on thinkingandproductions.com uh, as well as, uh, yes, you can have a watch party if you wish, of course. Yeah, you know, oh, okay. So, uh, basically what I was thinking was uh, we'd, we'd watch, I, I'd uh, log into the channel and I we we could watch the uh, documentary together, me and the me and my listeners, if if uh, if that if that would be okay. Yes, of course. All right, all right. So that sounds like fun, guys. Maybe we'll schedule that uh, for some time. That could be pretty cool. Let me let me ask you this. This is fascinating because uh, you're obviously talking about an object that went underground, right? So there's yes. there's obviously a lot of underground stuff going on. It I mean, seems uh, so. Yeah. Uh, there is. I mean, there's the lowest, people. Yeah. The, the lowest part of Iran is how high? How many feet above sea level is the lowest elevation in Iran? Well, Iran, I think, is ten thousand feet above sea level. It's a high plateau. Yeah, but the, uh, the lowest area is probably the, what, like seven thousand feet above sea level? I have to Google it. I mean, it's not something I know in the back of my head. Um, so the, it's mass. It's it's massively high. Like there's a lot of land in Iran that's above the ocean. In fact, all of it is by thousands and thousands of feet. It's 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 up there. The whole yes. the whole country. Yes, it's absolutely. Like, you know, I mean, yes. obviously you have uh, some areas along the along the river and stuff, but I guess yes, so. that's true. You you have a lot of room to go underground. If that's that's what you're implying, yes, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of room to. To go underground and and have facilities there and now this uh, is this hide. is fascinating to me and and we're gonna I'm just gonna uh, spill the beans for everybody and uh, and instead of uh, us us edging towards the the main point of the show I want to throw out the main point of the show and and basically what all this is leading to and then we'll show you how we get there as we go through it. And the reason why I'm going to do it this way is because uh, just this past weekend, I think it was Saturday or Sunday, both Biden and Harris were flown to Area 51 for an, an emergency meeting. Have you heard that? Anybody hear that? Put it in the put in the chat box. This is uh, this was breaking news uh, last night or, or like in the middle of the night that Harris and Google it. Harris and Biden were flown to Area 51 for a for an emergency meeting. And uh, it seems to me, guys, like we are getting ready for a false alien invasion. Project Bluebeam. I've I've seen it in the Oakland Raider trucker says yes. I heard. I've seen it in mentioned in the chat room here just a little bit ago. You know what uh, Project Bluebeam beam is, right, Ali? Yes, I do. Um, yeah, I mean that that What's whole. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Why is why is this so dangerous? Uh, basically, I'm, I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. If if the fallen angels are the UFOs that we're seeing today, people, okay, and they're working with the deep state in the in the government around the world, working with the deep state, the deep state and these governments are working with fallen angels who are pretending to be aliens from another planet, okay. Apparently, uh, when God returns, or when when the when the good angels or or good entities god returns um they're gonna play it off as an alien invasion and the the countries of the world are gonna unite to fight god right and then what you're saying that's the bottom line of what we're looking at here right Th that really is the end goal um you know the bible talks about a great lie that will be told to the nations of the world 
And it is very interesting that all these prophecies exist in the Bible of the world going to war against God. And you think that's insane. I mean, not believing God, rejecting God, rebelling against God, all of these things, fine. But going to war against God, you'd have to be crazy, right? Um, unless your perspective has been changed. It's kind of like the story of Eve and Satan where, where you know, he, he changes her perspective. And suddenly it says that she looked at the tree and saw that it was good for food. So her perspective changed. And it's the same idea. The perspective of reality changes. The, this way of casting the Lord and his angels as an invading alien force, one that gave us religion, one that is trying to dominate us. I mean, look at like, you know, secret societies like the Masons and all of these that worship Satan, essentially. And when you look at their writings, it talks about how Satan is the light bearer, the light bringer. He's the one that wanted to give humanity knowledge, but, you know, the tree of knowledge. But God barred that. You know, barred is, God is holding us back from things. The God of the Jews is holding us back from things. But so the, it's kind of a reversal where the good guys cast as bad and the bad guys cast as good. It's the counterfeit, you know, savior that, that is at the helm of the world at that point. And behind him are all these forces that are angelic. Now, as far as the alien clothing, um, it really starts with kind of the scientific era, like uh, Galileo, Newton, and all these guys were also part of the secret societies. Like they had a dual life. And these guys started to change the nature of reality for us. And they said, you know what? You're not on the heavens and on the earth, the way that the Bible explains it. This thing that we're inside of, I mean, is a mystery. We don't even know where the earth is, really, because we don't know where the universe is. We don't have a context for the universe. We just, we just, we're in this big black thing. What is it? We don't know. Where is it? We don't know. So the Bible says this is the heavens and this is the earth. And then there is the host of the heavens and the host of the earth. And the Bible casts humanity as part of a cosmic tale where God and these beings that are in the universe and beyond, because the word heavens in, is plural in English, and it's, it, it's, it's correct because it's a translation of a plural word in Hebrew, shamaim. There are three heavens in the Bible. There is the, where the birds fly. So that's the first heaven, and that's the sky. And with the Wright brothers and the invention of the plane, we were able to now fly into the first heaven. And then the Bible talks about the second heaven. And the second heaven is where the star, the sun, the moon, and the stars are. And that is where really Sputnik, uh, Sputnik the, the Russian satellite, the first satellite in space, was like the size of a baseball. And that, was, I think, was in 1957, October 4th. Um, it was sent into space. And that started the space race uh, between the Soviet Union and the United States and, and really kind of opened us into the space age. And that was really the moment where collectively we entered um, into the second heaven, right? So all of these rockets that, that the Apollo mission and NASA and um, now Elon Musk and Bezos and all these guys, this is the second heaven. We're piercing into the second heaven. And even Nimrod may have been able to build something, a gateway, something that was going to take humanity into the various heavens. And the third heaven is where God exists, the temple at the heart of time and space. And that is why when prophets like Elijah 
are taken up to the third heaven, there are these fiery chariots that are sent to take them. And that is, you know, we, we, we read that even God was with his chariots in at Sinai. And, and so the angels seem to also have these. And why does the Bible talk about these, these chariots? Well, the word can also be translated as vehicle. That's actually what it's implied by the way. The, reason, the only reason it was translated as chariot is because until recently there was no other vehicle. So yeah, the translators when, when, when of the James of Bible. When we talk of chariots, we, we think of obviously the old, you know, in Egyptian days and Moses days, you know, these uh, uh, things with wheels. But chariot was just another word for vehicle. That's right. That's exactly true. And it had this adjective attached to it, fiery. It said chariots of fire and horses of fire. Now, who's ever seen horses or chariots of fire? Obviously, there was the prophets were seeing something. And the same way that today, when people have a UFO sighting, they say, oh, it was like a hamburger. It was like a, like a building. It was like a Mentos. It was like a ping pong table. It was like a sausage, like a cigar. Because we don't have a word for what we're seeing. So neither did the prophet. So this was, they kind of captured it with these terms. And, you know, in Isaiah uh, chapter 66, verse 15 um, it says, and I'm just quickly bringing it up so I can read it. It uh -huh. says that that the Lord will come to the earth uh, with his chariots. Here, it's um, um, at the end of days. Um, here it is. For behold, the Lord will come in fire and his chariots like the whirlwind to render his anger in fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. Um and so this idea that God will return at the helm of an armada of angels, and Jesus, you know, could have called these angels, but the time had not arrived. And one of the names of God is the the Lord of Heaven's armies, the Lord of hosts, Adonai Tzvaot. And Tzvaot literally means army. In modern day Hebrew, it means army. So it it the, the you know in English it's translated as the Lord of Hosts, and when I read that, not English not being my first language, I didn't qu understand readily that it meant armies until you know I I realized that's what it actually means, the Lord of Heaven's armies. There are armies in heaven, and so even though God obviously does not need any of this thing because God is God, yet God has walked among us. He's sat on the boats of fishermen. He's been at the end of Roman whips. And yes, he is in the heavens among his angels and their chariots. And he will return at their helm. So it's easy as the scientific age is wheeled out for us, as, as Galileo and Newton and the, the philosophers of the Age of Enlightenment start to explain the world in a new way to us. And they tell us, you don't live in the heavens or in, on, you know, on the earth in the biblical sense. You live in the universe. And we're like, what is the universe? They say to us, it's a place of gas, of dwarfs, of nebulas, and of lights. And we've got these satellite pictures of it. And gradually... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. We start to think of the biblical heaven as a fairy tale, mystical, spiritual, magical place. And, and we started to buy into this idea that we were in the, the scientific universe. And then we've got, you know, the theories of Darwin that became a religion and, and the idea that we evolved here, others evolved elsewhere, was kind of shoved down our throats basically through uh, the university and media system. Like, this is the truth. This is the gospel truth. And that led to the concept of aliens. So suddenly the angels were rebranded for us because the very universe was rebranded for us. We were no longer in the heavens and on the earth. These were no longer the host of the heavens and we, the host of the earth, and us all together in a cosmic tale that is recorded in the Bible. I mean, look, what does the Bible ultimately say? It says that the earth is the birthplace, the incubation chamber of the immortal sons of God who have a role to play in the future of the universe, in the future of the creation as the royal priesthood. Who Paul says that we will judge the angels with the Messiah as our leader. And this we will do from the heavenly Jerusalem where God abides. And so the earth is part of a much larger story. And this story unfolds in the heavens, which is the universe, and on the earth, and wherever God and his angels are and beyond. But all of this, this whole thing is, is the creation we exist in. And so as they rebranded it for us in the scientific age, they were, the angels were rebranded as aliens. And now we're getting into this idea of the coming deception, which is to then rebrand God and his angels as an alien force invading and reverse the tables like good cop, bad cop, where the guys that are here are the good guys and the guys that are coming are the bad guys. And so many people started to believe in the uh, late 1990s, uh, like Chuck Missler and other people, and we came to the same conclusion that this was the coming lie. And so I felt that enough people were saying this so early on that this must be from the Holy Spirit, a warning to the people of God that this is where we're headed. This is the ultimate lie that's coming. And I can tell you the roots of it, if you wish, how we got to it. It has deep roots. All right. Well, I mean, this goes back to, I mean, it's it's fascinating because I was in your, in your documentary you put together, and when you talk about roots, uh, we're going to get into that here. And, and you're talking about how uh, even the Greek gods, how they had the past civilizations, even before Christianity, had many gods, as far as you know, Zeus and and uh, and all of these other Greek gods that they've had. You're you're suggesting that these Greek gods were individual uh, fallen angels, right? Yes, I am, and 
that that was a whole story of how how we got to that conclusion in the sense that it was led by God because it's it's a truth that's mentioned in hundreds of passages in the Bible yet it was completely no one knew about it. I mean, I didn't know about it. I, I happily believed that there were just mythological beings, like everybody else. Um, it was as though Satan was hiding in plain sight. I don't know. There was like a veil. We were all reading the Bible. Like for instance, in the story of Exodus, you were talking about the Pharaoh and and the wheels of, and the Egyptian chariots. It says that God will come and judge the gods of Egypt. Well, how do you judge? mythological beings or for instance god is often called the god of gods and you think well how can god be the god of non-real beings it doesn't make sense so um this was a huge piece of the puzzle that fell into place and i'll tell you how it happened because i think it's an interesting story um we were undergoing this this huge revelation was coming to us and in this bible kind of a small church that I was a part of as we were studying the Bible and the story of angels of the their giant offsprings the connection with the UFOs I mean all of these things were falling into place and one day I came up um, the stairs and the gentleman who was leading the Bible study you know he said to me I know where Satan's throne is and I said really where is Satan's throne he said it's in the city of Pergamum uh, I'm like, how do you know that? Well, where is that? It, it's in modern-day Turkey, in Asia Minor. He, he said, well, it says right here. It's in Revelation chapter 2. And Jesus wrote seven letters to seven churches. And one of them was in the city of Pergamum, which is kind of, if you look at the Aegean Sea on a map, on one side you have Greece and Athens. On the other side you have now Turkey. But Turkey is a new nation uh, the Turks got there in the Middle Ages. Um, this is at the time of the Roman Empire, where you know all of this was the Greek world. So Ephesus, Pergamum, um, Sardis, Laodicea, these were all Greek towns that were the border of the Persian Empire and the Greek world. These were border towns. And sometimes you know the Persians would take us on the Greek. And they're also huge centers of the worship of the gods. Each one of these places was a highly occultic place and it was it was a stronghold to the roman empire and in the middle of all these cities pergamum stood out because there was the altar to zeus and zeus was the main deity of the greco-roman world there were sacrifices offered to him 24 7 from all over the empire and when jesus says it to the church of pergamum he says to, he says you know um, I'll look it up for you right now. It's, I'm just scrolling to it. Mm -hmm. It's it's in Revelation chapter 2. Um, okay, to the angel. Uh, it's Ephesus. Okay, here it is. To the And to the angel of the church in Pergamum write, the word of him who has the sharp two-edged sword. I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. Yet you hold fast my name, and you did not deny my faith, even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. And so it was like, there, Satan has a throne in Pergamum. That's where his throne was. And Antipas was the bishop of the church of Pergamum. There was only one church in the whole city, and everyone belonged to it. 
and he was arrested by the priests of Zeus and charged with the crime of monotheism because the emperor of Rome, like all the emperors of the ancient world, drew his power from the gods. And the citizens, the Roman citizens that preached monotheism of the Jews and no longer sacrificed to the gods were seen as an affront. They were weakening the power of the emperor. Like you were talking about the connection between the fallen angels and the deep state, where that is as old as the world itself. And so these guys arrested um, the Antipas, the bishop of the church, and they accused him of teaching monotheism, and they took him to the altar of Zeus, um, this giant, giant uh, temple and altar that was there. And the symbol of Zeus was a bull. And they put him inside of this brazen bull, a bull made of bronze, as a sacrifice. And they lit a fire under the bull so that it would cook him slowly. And the idea was that as the person being cooked in there would scream in pain, the bull's nostrils had come to life and Zeus would be appeased as the sacrifice would be offered and accepted by him. The historians record that Antipas apparently prayed till his last breath for his church. Uh, for the people that were under him. And so the Lord points to this event and he and he says, you know, I know where you dwell where Satan's throne is. And so Satan's throne, now we were really into putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. Wow, what's what's there? So this was before Google. I mean, Google wasn't even invented um, as a um, um, as a search engine. This was in 1996, 1997. Yahoo was the main search engine of the world. So but I couldn't find anything on, on the internet. The internet was just too young. But I was a I was a student in a university in Toronto, and so I had access to this very incredible library. And I found out that the largest altar to Zeus was in that town. And the archaeologist Carl Human, who had dug it up, he said if Christ was mentioning anything of importance uh, in that city uh, connected to this, you know, altar of Zeus. Uh, the, to connect it to the throne of Satan. If he said, if Christ had anything architectural in mind, it must have been this altar of Zeus, because this was the main religious structure of the city. But it wasn't just a religious structure of the city; it was a this main temple to the main deity of the empire, and even the emperor would sacrifice here. And so I thought, wow, this this is this is it. You know, there's a relationship between Zeus and Satan. And do you know what happened to that altar? That altar was dug up in the 19th century and brought to Berlin, where it is to this day. And uh, the architect of Hitler, um, Albert Speer, he went to the Museum of Pergamum and he saw this altar and he loved it. And so he created a giant version of it for Hitler in Nuremberg. And Hitler then stood on this altar and from there he declared the Nuremberg Laws which led to the burnt offering, the Holocaust. He declared the Holocaust there. And the idea was that many people believed that the return of the Jews to this land is in preparation of the return of Christ. And so um, the idea is that, you know, Satan was trying to stop it. And that, that was bombed by the Allies, that altar. It was a big Nazi symbol on top of it. Um, Albert Speer, he put all these um, military lights all around the structure 
and, and then at night when they would light it up, it looked like pillars of light. And you can see all the Nazis, like they're on, they're all on drugs actually. And, and Hitler says, you know, you can't see me and I can't see you. There's all these flames of fire around them. It's called the Cathedral of Lights. But I can feel you and you can feel me. And it was a very much of a cultic, you know, a thing. So this, this relationship between Zeus and Satan that, that the Lord, you know, pointed to in this passage by talking about the throne of Satan and it being the altar of Zeus was really the key that opened the connection to our mind that there really was a connection between the gods and the fallen angels and that led to a whole biblical search and i don't want to uh you know bore people with with like you know tedious academic stuff but basically i found out that the that the older versions of the bible uh, the ones that predated you know the time of of christ like the greek version of the bible and the dead sea scrolls the oldest hebrew versions of the bible actually said in them something slightly different which was that god separated the nations from each other the tower of babel and he took jacob for himself but the nations he gave into the hands of the sons of god which in the bible is another way of saying fallen angels so the, the, the world had actually been spiritually divided this way. The nations were given into the hands of the fallen angels who then posed as gods. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You look at the story of Satan in Isaiah chapter 14, where God tells us about what is in the heart of Satan. It's called the five I wills. And what it says is that Satan wants to be worshipped above the whole creation. He wants to be worshipped as God. And, and so this, this desire of, of these angels to be worshipped is the root of idol worship. Idol worship is worshipping the creation over the creator. And even in the letter to the Colossian church, Paul forbids the worship of angels. Well, it must have been happening for him to actually go out of his way to forbid it. To the Galatians, he says, if an angel teach you another gospel other than the one that I have taught you, you know, don't believe it. So... Obviously, the angels were preaching things. So as I started to look into the story of the gods, and I could take them seriously, and I could see that the Bible said uh, that they would fall under judgment, that they had to worship God. God himself was called the God of gods. Uh, and, and there was a relationship created. I realized that, the, that these guys had given knowledge to the various countries of the world they had given religion, they had given laws, they had given worldview. And, and that then allowed me to see that, okay, this then can, can happen in our time as well. They can continue to breathe worldview into our culture, especially through social media and, and the ways of communication we have today. All right. All right. I want to thank uh, Happy Plague Doctor for a $5 Super Chat. He's asking a question, and uh, Super Chat's the only way you're going to get a question in before question time. He wants to know what years were our modern Bibles written? 
Well, our modern Bibles, I mean, the the uh, the Jewish Bible, you know, it has existed like the Old Testament started 3,300 years ago with Moses, the first five books. And by the time of Ezra, so it's 500 years before the time of Christ, the Old Testament was complete. And between that 500 BC and the time of Christ, there was no scripture given um, in the Second Temple period. And then the Gospels were written really right after the, the time of Jesus, like after Jesus left the earth, they they really were written early on. The, the, the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, was written around 90 AD, so about 60 years after the resurrection of Christ. All right, and let, that's me, let me ask you. Of, all right, let me ask you this. Do you think that the fallen angels know how to read and write? Yes, absolutely, because Satan quotes the Old Testament to Jesus in the temptations. He quotes the book of Psalms to Jesus, and so he must have read it, All right. obviously. All right, so why haven't the fallen angels written anything down on tablets that, that, that we could read, perhaps trying to fool us? They have. That's, that's, that's what I what, discovered. What do you think the fallen, what have the fallen angels written? All the religions outside of the biblical faith. So, so when you look at when you look at, for instance, let's say I'm talking Hinduism. about like old old tablets and things. But you're you're saying Hinduism is is a, a religion of the fallen angels. All of the ancient, like the, let's say, for instance, you have the Enuma Elish, right? And I don't and I don't mean to offend anybody because no, that's all right. Go, yeah, go for know, it. Yeah, I, I mean we offend it, it, a lot of different people on this show. You, you offend a lot of different people. I, you know, I, people are people. I, I'm talking about ideas, right? We're all born mm -hmm. somewhere. Yeah. Um, they the ancient religions were given by the gods so you have the the main religion of the world in mesopotamia the tablets of the enuma elish uh, you have you know the vedic texts of india you have the bhagavad gita the modern text of hinduism which is the story of krishna um and and so all of these ancient like the code of hammurabi if you google the code of hammurabi the king of babylon you know, it is this incredible code of law that governed Babylon. But if you look at it, you'll see that at the top of the tablet, there is a man, a very tall man, sitting on a chair and on a throne. And you think that must be the king. That's not the king. The king is standing in front of him, receiving the scroll of the law from Shams, the sun god, who will be known as Apollo to the Greeks. This was the world of the ancient world. All the civilizations attributed their genesis to the codes given by the gods. The same way that Moses went on top of the mountain and received the words of the God of gods, so did the other nations receive word from the fallen angels. They gave them not only the, the, the religion and, and worldview and how to become immortal in their system, which was a lie, but they gave them all kinds of bodies of knowledge, of science, architecture, how to build temples, um, mathematics, as well as, um, you know, like look at the book of Genesis. It, it talks about this. Um, and look at the story of Enoch, the, the, the book that was, you know, apparently written before the flood. These angels that came and they had giant offsprings. But the book of Enoch says that seven of these angels gave seven bodies of knowledge to the human race. Like they taught us how to create armament and weapons and swords, uh, pharmaceuticals, um, 
alchemy, uh, the, the knowledge of, this, of, of calculating the motion of the stars and the moon, but they did it all because of the Book of Enoch, yes. Well, Jude quotes it, actually. Uh, you know, Jude quotes it because it's very controversial. It's a very controversial book, but it was, it was accepted as something uh, valuable by the early church. It was also something that the Jewish sages valued, and it was buried, you know, in the Qumran caves in Israel, where these scribes were putting the books they thought was the most important. They have books of, of the copies of the Bible in there as well. And the in the New Testament, Jude, the brother of, of Jesus, quotes the book of Enoch as scripture. And in that book, we read of all this knowledge that was handed down to pervert humanity to worship them. So all kinds of knowledge was handed down. Um, to the nations and then God handed his word to the prophets of Israel and then through his son and through the Holy Spirit to the to the apostles and so okay. this one book right, hang, on, hang on right, hang on a second so you're saying that the book of Enoch was written by fallen angels no the book of Enoch was written by Enoch recording the account of fallen angels giving information to humans Enoch reveals that that's what they did before the flood um, they they gave seven bodies of knowledge to the human world. Okay. And, so would that would that be Oakland Raider uh, for the super chat? Thank you, a dollar ninety nine super chat. He wants to know why is the Book of Enoch removed from Bible scriptures? So it's yes. possible the Book of Enoch was removed because that was actually written by a man and it wasn't written by a fallen angel. Correct. It was removed. Um, well, first of all, some of the canons like the Ethiopian Bible continues to have the book of Enoch. Some of the older canons have it. We don't have it like in the Protestant, you know, canon of scripture, but it was removed because it really didn't fit in what is, you know, scripture, scripture. It was controversial maybe for some people. Why is it that some books were chosen to be in the Bible and others not? Um, I don't really know. Uh, but the book of Enoch was seen as an important book by early Christians. They consulted it. The book of Enoch was seen as an important book by the Jews. They kept a copy in the caves of the Dead Sea Scrolls where these scribes buried books that they thought were very important and precious. And in the New Testament, Jude, the brother of Jesus, quotes the book of Enoch. And I can read a portion for you here just to show you. Uh, it says, Moreover, Azazel taught men to make swords, knives, shields, breastplates, the fabrication of mirrors um, and the workmanship of bracelets and ornaments, the use of paint, the beautifying of the eyebrows, the use of stones of every valuable and select kind and all sorts of dyes so that the world became altered and piety increased, fornication multiplied, and they transgressed and corrupted all their ways. Amzarak taught all the sorcerers and dividers of roots, and the word is pharmaceutica. Armors taught the solutions. Yeah, yeah. So, taught the solutions of sorcery. Barkayel taught the observers of the stars. Akibel taught signs. Tamiel taught astronomy. And Astradel taught the motion of the moon. And men being destroyed cried out, and their voices reached to heaven. So, what we read in the Bible about the story of the flood being caused because of this intrusion of the fallen angels into the human world and being corrupted, it, it it's just a point form you know, a uh, tiny synopsis of this very important historical event because the whole world knew about it. 
the Romans, the Greeks, everybody knew about it. The Egyptians, the Assyrians, the Jews, everybody knew about it. There was no need for the Bible to go into detail. This was considered by the people of the ancient world to be history. And so, but the book of Enoch, you know, because Enoch was there, you know, when all this, this happened. And so he takes us deeper into details and says, look, they corrupted the world by giving knowledge to the human race that corrupted the human world and created an alternative, essentially, religion. Um, and it had kind of pointed to the worship of these beings, of these fallen angels. And, and then they had children with humanity and they put their kids on the throne of the world and they created an empire with one leader. And this was the golden age. And since the days of the flood, starting with Nimrod, the goal has been to bring us back to that age. And so in 1947, we see this explosion of the UFO phenomenon. And when you think, well, why did it happen? Why 1947? And how did it come to be? Um, there was... Well, they, they've been... The UFOs have been... Ex I mean, they, they've, they go back all the way into, you know, all the way back to Ezekiel's wheel. You're, you're right. They have been, you know, I us. mean, they, they've been, yeah. they've been with us for a long time. Absolutely. They've been with us from the beginning, from the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so the fallen angels, you know, these, 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 um, they also use these ships. That's why you look at all this, like, you know, the chariot of the gods of Von Donneken. What is he documenting? He's documenting the fallen angels who are Let me ask you this. You just said the Garden of Eden had UFOs. Does that mean that before man were created, UFOs were visiting uh, the earth? Yeah. I mean, look at the book of Job. Are, 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 okay. Hang on a second. Does that, is it, is it possible then that what we think of religion isn't religion at all? It's, it's really just aliens from another planet, from another solar system from another galaxy that that seeded the earth and 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 uh you know maybe a bad faction of these aliens uh uh stayed behind to, to corrupt the the planet maybe maybe they maybe they wanted to rule it or run it or whatever but but that none of it's really religious at all it's it's just it's just aliens yeah i know that's a great question so that's the whole idea of which worldview do you, do you want to choose, do you want to function in. So if you go with the idea that, you know, we're actually in the universe and we evolved here, other beings evolved elsewhere, and they just kind of are flying around the universe, and then we can create a story as to why they came here. You can pick the story yeah, you like. Yeah, or, or you just said that, I mean, they they wrote the stories themselves, right? So maybe maybe they're just... Maybe this is maybe we're reading it wrong. Maybe it was all translated wrong. Maybe that maybe we were just seated as a planet and we were just a big experiment. And, you know, and, and that's really all there is to it. There's 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 no mythical creature called God. It's really just, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's all that's all a human construct, right? Yeah. No, no I, don't, I don't know if it's a human construct because or God exists or doesn't. Um, and that's a possible you know theory and we should consider it for sure and that's called the ancient astronaut theorists like von Donneken, Zachary Sitchin, all these guys they and they each have their own take as to what's going on what do the aliens really want so what we presented in documentary is a biblical view where we're like you know what if we actually um you know look at the 
these angels in the Bible using chariots and say, wait a second, they're not aliens. Now we understand something about the world of angels that we never understood before because people before us didn't fly into outer space. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So now we know that the world of angels involves vehicles. We didn't know that before. The angels are are creatures that are older than us in the universe. They know more about how everything works. That's what makes them more advanced. They understand the laws of creation. Like we can, you know, now uh, decipher a DNA and, 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 and we can edit DNA and we can uh, break the nucleus of the atom and we can fly into outer space because we are of the world of God and angels and we're discovering the kinds of stuff that angels also operate in so it's, what if the, we have misunderstood angels? It's not that these are aliens in the Bible. The characters of the Bible are still, you know, the characters of the Bible, but the way we understand how they operate is changing. Essentially, the UFO phenomenon is the evidence of the presence of God and his angels in the physical creation, in the universe. Yeah, they, I have a... I have a lot of listeners that live in Australia, so maybe they'll maybe they'll enjoy this a little bit. So what if what if Earth is kind of like a big Australia for the galaxy, right? Where where these high tech aliens uh, banished uh, other aliens that did bad, and so they came here with their craft, and there's a firmament over top, you know, around the planet or something that prevents the craft from leaving. But they still had the technology and they still had the craft. And so since they're stuck here on planet Earth, they decide to, well, create us and uh, rule over us and, you know, pretend to be gods. And this other thing, obviously, they did in, in the Greek times. Right. So right. so now they've raised the whole planet of people that are, you know, believe in in this God versus Satan, this good versus evil. And all they're going to do is use us to defend themselves when uh, they're the people that cast them to Earth, like like you know Britain cast people to Australia, you know if the, if the Brits ever went back, right? And uh, yeah. you know they're going to use Earth as as a, you know they're going to defend it like like it's theirs. They're not going to let their their jailers back on the planet, right? Right. I mean, is that but possible? That, but I mean, that's your. Per- theory so do i kind of go with michael's theory or do i go with the bible right that's the that's the choice that i'm given so the bible tells us that we are in fact planted here by god to be his image bearers 
And when we grow up, we're going to be the priests of God and bring his instructions to the other created beings. But there was one of the these other beings, one of these angels, if you will, who didn't want this because he wanted this pleasure for himself. He felt he was the most evolved, that he should be the big kahuna, and he decided to take us down by tricking us to do something that was condemn us to death and remove us from the equation. And one-third of the other angels went with him, and this plunged us into a conflict that God is resolving. And this UFO phenomenon is the manifestation of this biblical tale. And that's why Jesus you came say that's to what the Bible said, but we really don't have any idea if the Bible was written by man or or the, the aliens that were cast here, like we cast people in Australia. I mean, that might have been where we got the idea to send everybody to Australia, right? That were bad. Um, the, I mean, the 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 Bible was given to us by angels. I mean, that's there was angels. There are aliens, right? Well, the angels are like there's two different points of view. Angels are kind of a creation perspective that God created these beings. Aliens is more like a Darwinian scientific way of looking at the life. So, and I find that the two don't mix. You got to pick one and go with it. Or there yeah, are exactly. Yeah, or it's about a, what your faith is, right? What you believe in. Yeah, your worldview determines how you're going to see it for sure, and where you get that worldview from. So I find that the prophecies of the Bible do come true, and I find that the history of the Bible adds up, and archaeology and all of these things uh, dig up the real cities that existed in, according to the Bible, like when. People started to dig up Iraq. They never thought they were going to find Babylon and Nineveh and all these cities. They even found the most ancient places mentioned in the Bible to their own surprise. And the prophecies of the Bible come true over and over again. I mean, um, so it tells me this book has credibility, so its worldview might be accurate. And and the story of Jesus, when, when you come to faith, you do have a spiritual experience. And that's how you know it's real, because... Something real makes, you know, you connect with something real in the heart and mind that opens your eyes. And now you understand, wow, God is real. Yeah. So that also adds to it, you know. I mean, if, if you're God, you got to admit, though, that if you're God, uh, writing a, a book of prophecy would be pretty easy. I mean, I could I could say, you know, give my uh, two year old son a book of prophecy of things that are going to happen through his life and and uh, put in the book that every 10th year he's going to get hit on the head with a rock and uh, as long as i hit him in the head with a rock every 10th year then that book is true and yeah no that's true <laughs> i that, mean i'm, that, just, I'm just throwing and, it out there like and, and, and let me add to it so not only did he do that but he actually put the pieces of the prophecy in the mouths of different prophets who themselves didn't know what they were saying and couldn't see the big picture only when the whole book is put together does it form a coherent big picture that it makes sense. And so it's like a program. One programmer wrote the program, but he gave each piece of the program to a different programmer in a room. They each typed in their own piece, but when you press run, a face appears on the screen. So obviously one man wrote the whole program. So he wrote the book in a way that pointed to the supernatural origins of it. Only God could have written a book like this. And the prophecies, they're not here to, 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 to hit us on the head. They're here to comfort us that life has a meaning and a direction. 
and God is taking human history to a place, especially with what's happening in the world today, uh, you really need it. You really need to know that, that life is a meaning and it has to, it can't just be some, you know, airy fairy meaning. The world is going to a place that has serious problems and the prophecy of the Bible deal with the problems of the world and, and tell us that life has a direction, a purpose and a meaning and, and tell it beforehand. And they talk about real countries, real empires, and, and real events so we can connect to it and realize, wow, God has not left us alone. And he has spoken about the world in which we live. And he has assigned purpose to existence and recorded it beforehand and given it to us. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I do believe, in, I do believe in, uh, in the Bible and God. I just like to play devil's advocate sometime because these are real questions that people have, you know. Totally, totally, absolutely. Let me, uh, let me ask you. I'm, I'm gonna, we're gonna probably wind up going a little bit over today. If you, if is that okay with you? Sure. All right, because I do want to cover the, um, the human hybridization program a little bit, and this is actually a, um, important subject to cover. And uh, normally we'd be starting question time right now. But uh, we'll cover this first, and then we will get to questions. So uh, can you give us a little bit about, uh, I guess, the human hybridization program? This was obviously going on before Noah's flood, right? Yes, it was going on. That's the first time it happened. It happened. It's what led to the flood. The sons of God, who were angels, fallen angels, descended on Mount Hermon in the north, north of Israel, and they made a deal with each other, 200 of them, and that they would take wives. And some of the human wives went willingly because they thought it was like upgrading. They were getting married to angels instead of men. And others were taken by force. And so basically they had kids with us. And they became the giants of old. And they that led to the flood. And it says in the Bible this happens afterwards, like the story of Goliath. And there are many other giant tribes mentioned when the sons of Israel come to the land. There's all these giant tribes. So... Um, it, it's something that is mentioned in other writings. Um, like, you know, when I was in Iran once, another time, another trip, I was there with my dad and we went to Persopolis. And um, we we're walking around. My dad said to me, you know, these pillars, they'd be very hard to erect even today. And he's an architect. And um, there was a man there. He was a villager. He was there with his family. Uh, it was an off day, I guess. And I turned around jokingly to the man and I said, sir, how do you think these pillars were erected and this place was built? And he took my question seriously, let go of his daughter. He straightened his back and he said to me in the ancient cuneiform tablets, it says that them and these giants helped them. They were champions and they helped them build this place. And I was like, wow. So there is this written tradition. There's oral tradition among the natives. And this continues into our time. It's been a part of history. It peaks at different times. And at our times, you know, Jesus said it would be like the days of Noah, the time of his return. So when I started to look into it, um, the hybridization program, I first was shocked to find out that the guys that were writing about this were, were heavy-duty, like, Ivy League professors. Um the head of psychiatry, for instance, at Harvard University, uh, Dr. Johnny Mack, he decided that he was going to write a book to dismiss this whole story of alien abductions as nothing more than a modern psychological disorder like demon possession from the Middle Ages. 
So then he went ahead and he researched it. He looked into it. He talked to tons of people who were being abducted. And then he shocked the world, the academic world, by, by publishing a book in 1994 called Abductions, in which he said it was all real. These people are telling the truth, he said. And the guy that I went to see was perhaps the world's foremost specialist, Dr. David Jacobs, and he's featured in the documentary. He was from Temple University, and these guys are not religious. Like Dr. David Jacobs, he told me, don't tell people that I don't believe in God because that in America, you know, pe people don't, don't, don't like that. Um, and so, the, you know, this is who he was. He was just like in his own mind a scientist. And he was just documenting this. So people would come to him. And these are everyday people, everything from housewives to um, sanitary workers, to police officers, to judges, to professors, to engineers, to ministers, people we trust with very important stuff. They would come to him and they would tell the story. And this was early on. So there was no books written. You couldn't read this in the book. There was no documentaries made. No one was talking about this. And these people were, were just different individuals. And they couldn't talk to a normal shrink about it. So they'd go to him. And these memories were seeping through their minds. And eventually they'd realize these are not dreams. This is really happening to them. So... People were abducted from childhood into old age. Uh, they're abducted very frequently, and they're abducted most of the time during daytime. Uh, somebody will go and get a pizza, and instead of coming back in 20 minutes, they come back in two hours. They're the mother of a family. There's missing children reports because kids go missing. Um, they, it, I mean, I got all kinds of stories I could tell you, but I want to stay on track with what happens to these people. So the people are taken in these ships, and semen is removed from the men. They're, they're attached to a machine. Someone looks at you very close into the eye, and it sends messages through the optic nerve to your brain, and you basically fantasize and ejaculate right away. And this goes, your semen goes into a machine, and I have lots of drawings by, by abductees. And then the women are impregnated. And uh, they they go to their doctor and they go. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic. When I can, I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, I think I'm pregnant. The doctor says, congratulations. You're pregnant. And they're like, listen, I haven't had sex in 10 years. Like, how did I get pregnant? Um, the doctor is like, I don't know about your personal life, but you're pregnant. And so after the first trimester, they get abducted again. And the child is removed from the woman. Um, they go back to the doctor and the doctor says, sorry, you had a miscarriage. And the woman are like, listen, if I had a miscarriage, I'd know about it. And so they're diagnosed with this psychological disorder that says you wanted to get so pregnant so bad that your blood exhibited the signs of pregnancy. And at first they're like, I had no intent. What are you talking about? You no, know, this doesn't make sense. But this is what happens. The, 
these, uh, uh, you know, the kids are removed and they're taken in these rooms and they have lots of drawings that people can see on my website too in the gallery uh, that were given by people who are experiencing this. And it's horrific. Like some of them like it, but most of them don't. But they don't, they can't yell out. They can't uh, scream because they're under neurological control. They're just subdued. They know what's going on and, and they have no choice but to play along. It's the yeah, we, we've had a we've had a couple women on the show who spoke of being abducted and had their uh, I guess hybrids taken from them many times. So one girl, you know, probably had eight to ten hybrid kids that that all were taken from her, and, and uh, she she's met a few of them that you know after after she's gone back that they've taken her many many times her whole life. It, and it's a global phenomenon, like Dr. Jacobs. Uh, told me that he receives emails from all around the world, like Egypt, China. He said that in China, UFO groups have millions of people, millions of members. It's a silent worldwide religion. Yeah, uh, I, people, I definitely believe that that's going on. That's definitely true. People secretly have given their faith to, to these guys as the saviors of the world. And so the hybrids are being created, and this is what the Lord meant when he said it would be like the days of Noah. And there's prophecies in the Bible that say the final rulership of the earth will be Nephilim. The final rulership of the earth, even as early as the book of Genesis, God says, I'll put enmity between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. Now, the seed of the woman we know is Jesus, but who is the seed of the serpent? Well, the seed of the serpent has has existed throughout you know royal families and there's lots of stories of these guys having you know um, kings being born to them throughout history like um, the western civilization begins in the island of crete and the first king of crete was minos who was a hybrid offspring of zeus who i believe the bible identifies as satan himself so um he was a very important king of the ancient world king minos and so there's all these bloodlines, like the Heracles bloodline among the Greeks, which was this, they were descendant of the gods. And, and um, there, there has been this serpent seed as part of the human story. And that, that's what I think the parable of the wheat and tares is all about. And, and, but then there are these moments of uptick, like in our time, where there are all these hybrids being created. Why? We'll see. We'll find out. But what's the latest about them? is that it's no longer about creating them. That's no longer kind of the latest thing. The latest thing is, is about them is infiltration. They're living in homes. They're living in subdivisions. They live together usually. They are living among us. And now for what purpose? To influence the culture or, or they're going to get activated at some point in the future? Definitely there's a plan. And every plan has a beginning, middle, and an end. So it's going somewhere. And it's important, and I really think this is important, to emphasize that we should not get focused on the darkness, but we should remember the light. That that every time the darkness strikes, God sends a greater light. And this particular story ends in the second coming, where God and his angels come to the earth because God is in charge. He sits on the throne. And these guys are very weak and small compared to the glory of the kingdom of God and the presence of his angels and his Holy Spirit. And they're coming to the earth, and they're going to heal the earth. The reason we want to study these things and talk about it is because, in my opinion, it brings the Bible story to life. 
which ultimately points to the Lord um, and, and, and to his kingdom. So this is true. We are part of a very big story. And there are two kingdoms, the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. And we are witnessing the last days of the world empire and the fallen angel uh, you know, system. And we're at, at getting close to the coming of the Lord and the establishing of the kingdom of God on earth. Yeah. So, uh, all right, guys. Uh, if anybody has any questions, now's the time. Go ahead and put it in the chat box. Uh, try to use your caps or at least put question in caps before you uh, before you put it. That way it doesn't get lost in all of the all of the uh, other comments. Uh, please give a thumbs up to the video if you haven't already. It's a fascinating conversation, really is. I see that there's a hundred and some people in here and only 55 likes. So do hit that like button if you uh, it does help the channel. Make sure you're subscribed and check out our store. Um, all right, so. Let me talk to you. Let me ask you a question, and then we'll we'll get into their questions. I'm sure they're going to have uh, plenty. What What do you think of the idea? Cause we just had a we had a somebody on here not too long ago that gave the uh, impression that fallen angels were really dragons. What, right, what do you right. think of that idea? Do you think dragons are, are, are a real thing? You know, I I can see uh, where that idea comes from because when you look at like all the oldest art depiction of these beings from very distant lands like China and Egypt, like faraway lands, they always have a serpent body. You always see this kind of like, you know, dragon body and, and then um, they're depicted as dragons and the Lord himself, like in the Bible, you know, Satan is called a dragon. And then uh, we see the art changes because it's kind of strange to to represent your gods as these dragons, so they start to look human. So if you look at some like the oldest depictions of Zeus, he looks like a dragon. But then you start to see that in Greek art, he gradually becomes looking like a person, right? And the Bible calls Satan a dragon. So I think it points to the fact that there are different species, and um, they do seem to have a serpentine body because that's how they're always depicted in arts all around the world by people who have nothing to do with the Bible and, and the serpents and stuff like that in the Bible. So they must have seen something. That's why they have it like that. They may have seen it like that in the vision. And people who take drugs like DMT and ayahuasca and all this stuff, they say they see dragons. Um, so it's possible that uh, that in fact it is um, something serpentine. Now, exactly, is it exactly like a dragon? Well, I mean, I can't say if 100% sure that yes, but I can see that there's a tremendous amount of evidence that points in the direction of them being uh, serpentine. Okay. I'm going through, uh, uh, looking for questions here. Um, you know, it, it really is fascinating stuff, isn't it? Let's see. It is a Mary Kay. She says, what is it? The lamb lays down with the lion or the wolf? The, the lamb lays down with, with the lion, the wolf. right? No, no. It, this is a with prophecy from Isaiah. Yes. It's from the Messianic kingdom, the way that it's going to be when Jesus returns. Uh, predators will live together. 
Um, so. All right. The Happy Plague Doctor wants to know about uh, what dates you think the Bible was written. I think that by about 2,000 years ago, the whole Bible as we know it was written. It's done. Okay. But the reason there was this discrepancy is because um, basically uh, the, the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, what we use is called the Masoretic text, which is the oldest copy we have of that is a thousand years old. Okay. Um, um, so before that, before the Masoretic text, there was other versions of the Old Testament. And in those versions, it made it clear that God divided the nations in such a way that they were given into the hands of the fallen angels and God chose Jacob for himself and then grafted the Gentiles into it through faith in Abraham. So that knowledge was lost, but the Bible as we know it was really complete 2,000 years ago. Um, as I said, the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, was written 90 AD. So, um, you know, about... 2000 years ago yeah uh, mary says thanks conflict radio for asking my question it's a lion or the or i guess the sheep lays with the wolf the lion lays with the mouse but the mouse has to pull the tack out of its paw first something like that but let me just <laughs> let me just uh here i have it right now i just brought up right. the prophecy it's from isaiah 11 verse 6 the wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra. And the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This is a prophecy of the kingdom of Jesus when he returns to the earth. That natural predators will live together and, 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 and animals will go back to eating vegetables. Even the lions will be Sounds like a lot of uh, uh, DNA manipulation and, and cloning going on there, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. It's just, it's just the nature of things changes and the world becomes a place where natural predators live in peace together. It's a way of saying the, the earth will be full of peace. And well, I'm, I'm sure uh, I'm sure somewhere out there a shepherd is lying with a goat <laughs> right now. Possible, it's very possible. All right, the AO hero says, "What is sleep paralysis? Do you do you know? Yeah. Or I mean, you're not a sleep guy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so sleep per, per, paralysis in the context of alien abductions, what happens is people open their eyes and they see these beings over their beds. Um, sometimes they see them as they are, like they see, they call them the greys. Other times they see them as like wolves or the animal spirits or, or but when, when under hypnosis, you talk to them, it comes out that it's always the same guys. It's usually the greys. And sometimes there's another, uh, hybrid, uh, in the room as well as part of the subduction phenomenon. But the person wakes up, they see it. They hear the voices of these beings over their beds, but they can't move. They're completely paralyzed. And then they usually kind of hover up, and they are now hovering through the air, and they're taken through closed doors, closed windows. Um, they, they just go right through the wall, right through the window. And, and that's actually one of the funnier reasons we know they're not lying, because if you really wanted to lie, you'd make your story believable. 
you know, a grown man, you know, who's who a police officer who comes in the office of Dr. Jacobs and says, I was taken through a window. It sounds crazy. And everyone knows that. But he says it because that's what happened to him. I'll tell you a story. There was a this guy came up to me once and he is, was a gym owner. He was just like the very normal guy, salt of the earth, you know, just ran a gym. And, and he had a grand opening. He invited me. And there's tons of people there. And he came up to me. He felt he could speak because it was full of noise and no one would hear him. He said to me, I heard you made a documentary about UFOs. I said, yes. He said, when I was a child with my friend in the schoolyard looking into the downtown high towers, the financial district, we saw this giant round spherical object standing in front of the windows of one of the high towers downtown. He said, I came home and I told my mom and my mom said to me, don't you ever tell this to anybody. And so what he saw was the beginning or the end of an abduction sequence. We all, we now know that someone was being dropped off or picked up. And the reason that other people can't see it is because they are able to hide it from the mind of people. And so he was a kid, maybe, it, it, you know, kids' minds work in a different way, but Sleep paralysis is what happens to people just before they get abducted. They see the aliens, they see the fallen angels, but they can't move. Yeah, yeah I've heard of that too. Uh, uh, Sapphire Alpha, looks like I already got your question uh, taken care of. Uh, Vash says, what is the guest take on alien implants and why are they used? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, alien implants are real because we know uh, we've taken an out of people, and they're very advanced technology. Actually, um, as far as why they're used, I can't tell you that because you know we don't really know. Is it a tracking system? But it's really you know, and maybe it's a tracking system. Is it like something you put in someone to influence them? to um, speak into their brain if you need to? Or is it an experiment that gets you ready for the ultimate mark of the beast? Because we know there's going to be the mark of the beast. And maybe, like, you got you to gotta, you gotta test it out. You know, it's like the first model. It's like, let's put, a, let's put this in people and see if it's working well. So when we roll it out, you know, what is the world's number one um in chip implant making company it's called alien technologies corporation <laughs> um you know <laughs> so and, and you got all these weird weird companies like um, it uses a program called luciferase too i think yeah yeah and it's crazy there's digital angel and and these companies you know that that create these chips they always have these weird names like digital angel um, and, and you look at these, uh, who funded these companies? Well, the, the, the first chip making company that you know, put chips inside of people was funded by IBM and IBM is actually kind of has dark origins. The two first things that IBM ever did as a company, one, it created the first census machine for the U S government. And according to the Bible, you're not supposed to take census of the people. And the second thing that they did is they were hired by the Nazis to automate the Holocaust bureaucracy. So when you look at you know Jews who are Holocaust survivors and they have a number on their forearm, that is their IBM punch card number. That's what that number is. So 
So IBM has has done some very dark things. All right, let's not let's not uh, get it too much more into that. I don't want to I don't want to get thrown off of here quite yet. I've been pushing the line a little too much already. See how <laughs> things go for for a little while first. Uh, Alan Five says, "I heard everyone claims to see a purple woman. A purple woman is that true? I think he's talking about ayahuasca and and a, a DMT. Have you heard of the purple woman that everybody's seeing?" Absolutely, I actually haven't, but it, maybe you're right. Maybe it comes from those drugs because yeah, in the story yeah. Clock, of clockwork elves too. I, I've heard of that. I haven't, oh, I haven't done any of that stuff. So, I mean, I've I've tried shrooms before, but never any of that kind of stuff. That's so. different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let's see here. Uh, Sephar L says to get out of his head and stop stealing his questions. Ha ha ha. <laughs> uh, what are what are your thoughts? Uh, Justin wants to know what your thoughts are on young Earth create creationism. You know, I think that um, the story of young Earth and old Earth, it's it's the question of how do you measure time? Like we measure time based on celestial mechanics, the rotation of the Earth around itself around the Sun, and we go, okay, you know, it goes around once, and that's one year. Now, that's one measure of time. It's like, do you want to use, you know, feet or do you want to use yards? Do you want to use nautical yards? What do you want to use, right? But what if we use the rotation of the Milky Way galaxy around a larger galaxy as the measure of time? Each time the Milky Way galaxy went around a larger galaxy, we, we would call that one unit of time. Or each time the Earth circled through all the houses of the Zodiac, like the ancient Mesopotamians did, use that as a measure of time. So it depends, you know, if, if you kind of want to look at Earth and, and the human life, like we live 80 years, 100 years as the measure of time. Um, yeah, I mean, it says that a thousand years is but a day to the Lord and a day is a thousand years. So maybe from the point of view of the clock um, in the temple of God, where God dwells, maybe they'll use a different, um, you know, rotation than the earth around the sun. They use a different measure for time. And so from, you know, maybe one uh, rotation of the Milky Way galaxy around the larger galaxy is the equivalent of 100,000 Earth years, right? So, so when you think young or old, well, it depends. Like, what is the measure of time? You're, what what measure of time are you using to, to, to measure time? So if you're telling me that the universe was created like literally four or five or six human years, you know, days ago, like you're, you're using, you know, yeah, or, or 6,000 years ago, or 6,000 years ago. Um, well, uh, I don't know if if the earth going around the sun is the clock that that God is using. Uh, in the book of Genesis, when he's talking about the days, like what is the clock that God is using when he says one day, right? So it could be that, you know, it was one day according to a different clock that translates to many days. So the question for me of old earth and new earth, it's really a question of clocks, right? So the assumption is that the rotation of the earth around the sun is the measure of time that the kingdom of God uses. Yeah, well, I mean, to God, a, a day could be when the galaxy evolves around the black hole, 
right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, so we for don't me, have that has to be idea. solved first. What's the measure of time? All so right. the Earth can be old and young depending on which clock you're looking at. It could be thousands of years old from the point of view of Earth, but only a day or two from the point of view of a different clock system. All right. Uh, not quite human asked a question. He wants to know, what are your thoughts on the hollow Earth? There's way too much evidence that both from ancient writings and from the sighting that I had that there is a lot going down in the Earth. Like one of the oldest uh, UFO researchers, Jacques Vallée, you know, he was taken to the Amazon because deep in the Amazon there was a village that was having unnaturally high amount of UFO sightings. And when he got there, he said there was this lake and these things were going in and out of the lake like they were descending into the water and out of the water so so it looks like there's a huge amount of activity happening in the earth so there must be hollowness there has to be rooms and caves and i think these guys have a huge amount of like technology down there uh, and that's why they're coming and going from the ground and that's what the ancient writings always talk about hades and shaul and these places in the belly of the earth where the bad guys crawl out of so I think that, yeah, I believe in it. Okay. Uh, Vash Wolfwood wants to know, uh, what are shadow people? Uh, I, I mean, uh, any ideas? You know, I haven't really uh, looked too much into it. Someone else asked me that question on another show. It's kind of so like, like, like a ghost, I suppose, you know. I mean, they're, yeah. they're not. I, I'm, I'm going to get attacked over that. But they're not. I'm just saying if, if it was in a category, it would be in a co ghost category i suppose so no i guess no right. i don't know yeah all right well i mean it's not really your uh it doesn't mention shadow people in the bible i suppose right uh so uh, okay so not quite human asked another question it's a good one is, do you think biden is wearing a mask is he really joe biden or is he a gray or fallen angel or reptilian of some kind yeah, you know, I, I think that the whole purpose of the modern-day hybrids is to make them look a lot like us. Um, so they're genetically designed. That's why they're, like in the old world, they just, it seems, had sexual relations with women and created giants. But in the new world, it's laboratory-created. So they're abducting people. They're going through this process. Once they actually create a hybrid, they take, you know, genes from that hybrid and create a second one, a third one. And then the abductees are shown a series of hybrids and they're told to pick the ones that don't look quite human. And those guys are like bad apples. They're not used. So they're really going out of their way to create human-looking hybrids. I think that Joe Biden is old and has been with us for a long time. Um, you, you, don't, Do you think he's been cloned? No, I don't think he's been cloned. I think that, that the age of these 10 kings... That are going to rise, which are going to be hybrid kings with the um, Antichrist at, at the helm, who may be a hybrid of Satan himself. I don't think they have yet shown up on the on the stage. I think they're around the corner, and, and we're going to see it. Um, so, but then someone who's not really into God and into doesn't have the protection of the Holy Spirit in their hearts can easily be influenced by evil spirits and by the kingdom of the enemy. So, you know, Biden could very much well be serving that side just because of the kind of man he is 
his worldview, his, what's in his heart, is very easily given to the perspectives that come from 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 Satan and and his angels. You know, um, do you uh, think that the do you think that the fallen angels slash aliens, whatever they are, do you think that they have underground cloning centers? Um, I think that they create hybrids. That's what I know, and I do think they have underground centers. But do they clone human beings to replace them? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I think that they're kind of bound by rules that God has created. So this is God's creation after all, and God has a destiny for people. So everything that they're doing is not against God's rule? It's, it's, it, they work around God's rules. They corrupt it. Um, they influence it. But they can't just reach in and grab and replace that easily because people have um, a place in this creation. And and these this is not their playground. This is not the, the playground of the fallen angels. All right. This, let, me, you know? let, me ask, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, a lot of people, obviously you're from Iran. A lot of people think that uh, the reason why George Bush went into Iraq after the World Trade Center, and I mean, we could talk about that all day long and what a farce that whole thing might be. But um, but as far as the U.S. going into Iraq, a lot of people think that it was to get the uh, the body of Nimrod. Like they found Nimrod's tomb, and and the U.S. wanted to go in there and get it, and uh, because he was a Nephilim or a yeah. Nephilim, I guess. I should yeah, yeah, say, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. That 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 whole story, and and there's also the tomb of Gilgamesh. I've spoken with uh, the scientific team that's trying to get the tomb of Gilgamesh open. Uh, they're going to go back. They've already located it. You can Google it, Tomb of Gilgamesh Discovered. There's a nice BBC article about it. Um, and um, they, they've located it, and they want to go back when things calm down and try to dig it up. It's in the bedrock of the Euphrates River, and that's where the tale of Gilgamesh says the gods removed the water and buried him. So in the book of Revelation, it says that there are four angels kept bound in the river Euphrates, and they're going to be released. It says that in the book of Revelation. It yeah. also talks about an abyss that has these these beings in it. They're called locusts, but as you dig into the story, you realize it's not talking about locusts. And yeah, it might actually be dragons. It might actually be dragons. And so they come out, and they have a leader. And so definitely there's lots of stuff coming out. Now, was there a unit within the U.S. Army? I don't think the U.S. Army as a whole... But was there a unit that went down there to release something? That's possible. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I guess it, there's no telling, right? Uh, David yeah. M. wants to know, are there hybrid human aliens being beings among us now? I think yes. you uh, spoke on that. You agree. They, there are, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you a story. I was once invited to give a talk in, in a neighborhood outside of the city where I live in. Uh, called Oshawa, and after the talk, this woman comes up to me and she says, you know, why do you speak badly about these hybrids? Uh, I am an abductee. I've been abducted all my life. My parents were abducted. They were there when I was born. I know them. They know me. They live in these um, uh, subdivisions where I live. They see me. They say hi to me. I say hi to them. And then suddenly this guy came up to her. 
he was super tall. He bent down, totally like 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 paper. He bent into, said something in her ears, and she said, "I'm coming." And then he left, and he totally avoided eye contact with me. And I got curious about this one. I thought she was, you know, kind of like crazy at the beginning, but then I realized, no, she's for real. I looked into her eyes, and I could not penetrate her gaze. There was like a wall. And she said that they were living in in the subdivision, and that's what Dr. J David Jacobs, his latest book, he, he that's what he talks about. The entire book is about how when abductees come to him, they no longer tell him they're taking the ship and hybrids are being created. That's no longer the tale. The abductees say that when they're abducted, the hybrids, they're, they're taken to a group of hybrids on Earth. They're, to, they're, they're told to teach them how to drive cars, help them get driver's license, social security numbers, set up apartments, decorate their apartments. And that matched what this woman told me, that there's, they're living in this subdivision. And so that was, um, I was there giving this talk uh, on uh, uh, Tuesday. And, and then on Thursday, uh, my office was robbed and my computers were taken. And then on Saturday, when I came, the front door had, had sticks in it and glue. And the back door that only led to my office had sticks and glue in it. And I felt that somehow was related to the conversation I had with this woman. Because Dr. Dick, David Jacobs, again, he's discovered that they really want to keep the story under wraps. So there is a guy uh, that he calls the security agent. And his entire job is to make sure that the abductees don't talk and that the hybrids don't talk and that the story remains secret. Because imagine if we as a whole knew that among us lived these hybrids and we could, we would, and we were all convinced we would look for them. We would hunt them down and I don't know, we'd kill them. Like, you know, I mean, it's freaky, right? So, so they do want to keep it under wrap because our numbers are far greater than their numbers. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. Sapphire Elf says, has the guest heard any accounts of Jesus-like figures in Tibet or Japan from the right time period? Maybe when he left home at 13, it was a traveling mystic who brought back universal philosophies. Um, I'm, I don't know. No, I haven't. I have to say no. I haven't uh, met of... Um, oh, I see. Oh, I see. You're talking about Jesus. Okay. So, no. The story where Jesus goes into the East to learn you know mysticism and brings it back to israel that's a fairy tale created you know there was a time where eastern religions became popular through the hippies in the west and uh that story became popular that jesus was kind of cast as a character of eastern religion like he was a buddha he was an enlightened yogi and he had gone to india in those missing years but when you actually read the new testament you realize that it's a document that records the aspects and the time of Jesus' life that are in the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. There's a reason why the stuff about Jesus is put in the New Testament that we read about. That's because the entire Bible is written as a interplay between history and prophecy. God says and God does. So God told about the Messiah, and the New Testament says that the guy that you see walking on the stage of history is naturally in his life fulfilling the things that were said about him beforehand in these ancient books. And that's why he's the Messiah. 
So the reason the missing years is not recorded is because it didn't matter to biblical prophecy. It's when his ministry began that prophecy was activated. And once he starts to speak, you realize he's saying that he's God himself, that he is the visible image of the invisible God. He's not just some yogi or some enlightened character. This is the creator has arrived on earth. And as you start to understand the entire story of who Jesus is, then it doesn't even make sense that he would need to go and, 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 and study with some, you know, Indian guys, right? So that story falls apart. It's just something that some people imagined about him. All right. Uh, not quite human. He's, he's asking a question that Davy Jones always asks. And uh, that is, where does Bigfoot fit into all of this? You know, I've never really looked too deeply into the stories of Bigfoot, so I don't know. Yeah, there's some people that say that Bigfoot is possibly, you know, part of the Nephilim. So, I mean, who knows, right? Right. All right. So uh, that's basically for Davy Jones. I don't know where he is. I guess uh, he had to go. All right. So uh, I guess a, a question we ask all of our guests while I'm scrolling through the questions is, uh, do you know who Corn Pop is? Should I Google it really quick? No. <laughs> no, I don't know. No? Okay. Well, Corn Pop is a bad dude. If anybody ever asked you that, okay, before, okay, uh, uh, I guess, uh, I guess that's gonna, I guess that's gonna do it. I'm not seeing any, nope, I'm not seeing any more questions. So uh, let's wrap it up, guys. Um, hey, man, Alec, that was fascinating, man. Thank you so much for for coming onto the show today. That was that was fascinating. We're gonna have to have you back on anytime, Michael. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. All right, hey, and. Hey. Uh, yeah, I hope people I, I just want to let I, I want to let everybody know real quick that the whole purpose of this show is if aliens come to Earth, all right, and the Earth wants to gang up and fight them, let's pay a little attention to what we're really fighting because we might not want to fight them, all right. That's that's basically the point of the show. I, I want to throw it out there that if aliens do show up, let's think twice before we attack them all right because uh we might be being fooled into attacking the good guys right that's that that's true that's true but you know the second coming is going to be something huge every eye is going to see it it's going to light up the the sky and the people who have already come to the lord and have been sealed by the holy spirit they won't be fooled because god himself protects us against those lies and delusions it says that those who didn't have the love of the truth they are the ones that believe this great lie that's what it says in the book of thessalonians so the important thing i think is to really come to the lord to know who the king is to understand the story is real it's unfolding in the universe and the lord is coming back with an armada of angels we are the children of the one who has made the image of God, Adam and Eve, and we are in a massive storm. We have an incredible destiny. And not only has the Lord reached into our lives in the context of this great story, but he's also reached into our lives in the context of our daily living. He is with us in our lives, in our struggles, in our troubles. And he guides us, he protects us, and he instructs us through this word. So if we've got all that going for us. We're not going to be fooled. And this is going to be a great time because the cavalry is on the way and our savior is on the way. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah, it's a, hopefully they, they have a light speed or warp drive or something and can hurry up and get here. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, Ali? 
thinkagainproductions.com is my website. You can watch the documentary there. You can email me. Sign up for the newsletter so you know what's going on. When you double-click on the documentary, it'll take you to my website. There's a few other videos you can watch there, and I'm always posting new ones. And um, you can sign up for the YouTube channel so that you know you know what's going on. I do have a Patreon account. It doesn't have a lot of people on it, but if you want to, please uh, you know, support me on Patreon. I'm putting up a study of the book of Revelation on Patreon. It's going to be an audio series where I'm going to do a, a, a study of every chapter. If you're interested in that, you get that on Patreon. Anyways, stay in touch, and thank you for having me, Michael. Yeah, maybe we should uh, we should have you join us, and we'll uh, we'll all sit down and, and just watch your documentary together. That could be fun. Okay, tell me. Let, let we'll, me know. We'll have a we'll have a watch party. I'll, I'll let you know when we're doing it, and uh, and if you want to join us, you're more than welcome to. Of okay, course, absolutely. All right, and uh, just remember, every uh, hang hang on, Allie. Don't go anywhere. Uh, just remember, everybody. Uh, you can always find us. Uh, all the links are in the description box below is what I wanted to say to find Ali's stuff. The links for the YouTube channel, the links for the documentary. I, I suggest go over and watch it. It's about an hour and 15 minutes long. It's, it's fascinating. It, it, it's the fastest hour and 15 minutes you'll, uh, you'll, probably, uh, you'll probably have in a while. It, it goes really fast. It, it really is a great documentary. Check it out. And um, just remember, you can always find us online. Just go to www.conflictradio.net. Make sure to hit that thumbs up. And make sure you're subscribed to the channel, and you got to hit that notification button. We're also on Twitter, Getter, Rumble, and uh, Facebook. We stream live on Facebook as well. Then this show will go up on Rumble just as soon as we're done here. I'll, I'll get it up on Rumble. So uh, we are over there if anything ever happens to us here. Will be on Rumble, and uh, I guess I guess if anything happens to us here, it'll happen to us on Facebook as well. So you know how that all goes. Um, until next time, guys, uh, we're going to try to come back Thursday if we can find a guest. Uh, uh, we're kind of throwing these things together last minute, and uh, it's it's working out. So as soon as I get some time, we can get some some scheduling up ahead of time. But uh, but we're doing this scheduling ourselves. If anybody wants to be a producer, uh, send me an email. And uh, uh, try my friend Gary Wayne. I don't know if you've had him before. It, it, no, I haven't, but I, I know exactly what he talks about. He's a Genesis Six guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll, I'll see if he wants to come on. It'll be a lot of fun. All right, everybody, batten down the hatches, and until next time, be safe. Thank you.